This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEN. Welcome back to another episode of Sporting Max. Thanks, Sebastian GRP. For all your specialist needs in recruiting, engineering, and defense, head to Sebastian GRP. Dot com joining me on the Sporting Max podcast show today is the St Kilda Saints captain. Now, I'm a massive Saints fan. We've had Lee Montagna, Roel Marshall, and Isaiah Wanganin Valera. We've got the big man himself, Jack Steele. Jack, how are you? Going well, thanks, Max. What about yourself? Yeah, I'm going pretty well. How's the off-season treated you? Um, it's been great. It's been quite different to the off-season's gone past. Um, bit of travel, which was, which was very refreshing. Um, the last couple of years have been sticking around Melbourne, um, mm-hmm. sticking around my home in Canberra. Um, not doing a whole lot, training a lot. Um, but I suppose the one just gone past, I was able to get away, get overseas a few times and, and really enjoy my off-season and really gave me hunger to get back into training and, and get stuck into 2023. Go with any of the boys? Yeah, I had a trip to the States with Big Rowan Marshall and an ex-Saint in Luke Dunstan, yep. um, which was a, which was about two or three weeks over still there. Still good with Lukey? Yeah, still, still keeping um, great touch with Luke. Um, see him plenty, which is great. Just lives around the corner from me now. He's just moved in, so Beautiful. I'll see more of him, which is which is nice. Um, I'm trying to think, we had a we had a bit of a group trip to to Bali at the end of the year, which was um, great fun, great mm-hmm. bonding experience for for um, you know a large group of us. A lot of the older players, a lot of the senior players went. Um, Gears came, and a lot of the um, younger players came. So I think it was just a, a great opportunity to to have a bit of fun and, and enjoy and reflect on the year that it was. Um, and then I was actually. Um, I had to go to a, a, a Bucks party in, in Queenstown, which was quite um, quite special as well. I was the best man there, so I organised it over there. And um, Dougal was a part of that, and, and Logan Austin was the man who was getting married, who's an ex-Saint. So, um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty full-on uh, off-season for me. But like I said, I've got a, a real hunger for the season coming. Absolutely. Now, you grew up in Canberra, like you mentioned before. Your dad played a bit of rugby league. Sister made ACT State basketball, I believe. What was that like? Coming through the ranks, you got a bit of competition. You've done your research. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was good. Uh, Canberra is a, a bit of a funny town. It's a it's a it's a, um, a big country town, I suppose. People like to describe it as. But yeah, Dad was from and Mum as well. They were both from country New South Wales, and, and Dad played a bit of rugby league, as did my whole family really. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's something that I want to do when I moved to Canberra was sort of just play play that game. But Dad wanted me to play Aussie rules. Um, which I was also happy to do. I think as long as there was a ball in my hand, I was I was I was pretty happy with what I was doing. Yep. Um, and yeah, my sister was a pretty keen sports person when she was younger too. She loved her basketball and was right into that and played it at a high level. So um, I suppose throughout my friends and my family when I was growing up, there was always just a high level of sport being played. And um, yeah, eventually that's what just kept pushing me along to to play footy. It's something I loved and something I was good at. So I just kept going. What was junior footy like at Belconnen? It was great. We actually had a really good e- good era at Belconnen um, through my juniors. Mm-hmm. I, I did start my junior career at the Gungahlin Jets, um, and I made a rep side. Basically, met all my mates um, that were playing at Belconnen, and they sort of poached me. <laughs> <laughs> um, they were a great great team, and they were some of my best mates. So I decided to make the move across to, to Belconnen, and um, I think the first flag I won was in under 14s and we won by 110 points, something like that. Wow. So, um, yeah, I wouldn't say the, the standard of footy in Canberra was was great, but mm-hmm. um, our era was, was pretty special and we 
had some great plays come out of it. What was that learning experience like as a kid when you smoke a team by 110 in a granny? Um, yeah, it was it was quite funny. I was talking about it recently with a few of my mates that, that played in that side, saying that um, we got sprayed once for, for only winning by 60 points or something <laughs> like that. So what was the difference between you guys and bottom of the ladder? Oh, it's hard to say because at the end of the day, it's, it's junior footy and... Um, yeah, could be a bit of mix and match. Yeah, exactly. I think it was just consistency across the board. We just had a a good team, and we didn't have too many bad players. Mm-hmm. Um, and we still we still did it just to to make it fair because a lot of the time, if you're a backman, you're not seeing the ball. Yeah, we still had that sort of rotation system where, um, which you sort of see in Auskick and in, in, in the younger grades, um, where everyone gets to go as forward, everyone gets to go on the bench, mm. everyone gets to go as midfield and whatnot. So. Um, it was a quite a fun year of footy and it's probably why I kept playing. <laughs> so when did you have to make that decision to, you know, choose between, I guess, footy? I think you might have, might have played a bit of cricket too. Yeah, played a bit of cricket, played played basketball. Um, and for me, for a lot of people... Um, You're equally good at all yeah, well, three? that's the thing. Was I, was, I, was, I was by quite a, quite a bit better at footy than the other two. Um, I probably enjoyed cricket and basketball just as much, but yep. I was a lot better at footy. Um, but yeah, I feel like some people are sport for choice these days and grow up playing sports like cricket and basketball. And for someone like, I suppose, Marcus Windhager represented Australia basketball and he's mm-hmm. an unbelievable swimmer and unbelievable athlete. Um, so he had quite a few options. But for me, it was quite obvious that footy was the path that I needed to take. Um, but yeah, it's um, yeah, it's been good. So you played GWS Academy, joined that at age of 13. What was that like to get a sense and a vibe around what the AFL could be like? Um, yeah, probably, it probably, I probably didn't think about it at the time and it probably was never, um, I suppose, as professional as it sounds. Like, essentially all it was back then was a squad that was selected and we didn't mm-hmm. even play... A game, almost or, state footy sort of. Yeah, it was just yeah. A, it was just a squad that you're a part of that you almost did just one extra training session a yeah. week, which had um, you know so a good quality coaches um, that ran pretty high level um, skilled training sessions. So mm-hmm. um, it was a good experience. And at the time, I think I think the first academy that I the Giants academy that I made was just Team GWS then, which was pretty cool. Yeah, right. Um, and I've still got some of the, the old merchandise at home where it's <laughs> Team GWS and yeah. the I think they're blue and blue and red, um, which is which is quite funny to look back on. But um, eventually, that just got better and better each year, and we started actually competing at the Swans Academy, and um, that ended up turning into how New South Wales uh, the New South Wales team was picked, mm-hmm. going into state carnivals and stuff like that. So it definitely snowballed as years went on, and um, definitely meant a lot more as as time went on as well. So what about when you got to the stage of going through the process for AFL drafts and you're playing senior footy in and around, um, I guess, different leagues. What was that like? 2013, you got overlooked in the draft, essentially. What yep. was that like for you to watch the draft and that experience? Um, well, I never... I suppose from when I was, yeah, it's probably 16 onwards, I was playing senior footy. Um, was footy a reali- realistic possibility? I, ne- like, I never thought it was. Did you realise it was? No, definitely not. Um I don't think anyone had been drafted out of Canberra, apart aside from Josh Bruce, who was, yeah. I don't know, he wasn't technically drafted. He was a preseason yeah. pickup, and um, but it was Jason Tut. Mm-hmm. So that was a long sort of um, time 
mm. between um, you know Jason Tut and myself. So um, anyway, I just I basically just didn't think it was possible. Didn't see it as a as an option. Um, and I always wanted to play at the highest level, play New South Wales, and try my absolute best. Um, but it probably wasn't until I did get overlooked, and I it was it was a bit of a thing where I think it was my under eighteen year, two thousand thirteen, like you said, I hurt my knee going into the national carnival, Ooh. and was out for the whole remainder of the season. So um, I wonder whether if, in hindsight, if 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 I didn't get injured and I played that carnival. I probably wouldn't have got picked up and I probably wouldn't have came back as a 19-year-old to mm. to play at the National Carnival the next year. So that's what happened. I got injured and then Darren Denneman and Jason Saddington, who were the coaches at the time for New South Wales, basically said, hey, mate, um, we're allowed to have one or two 19-year-olds come back and, and play um, the, the following year. So that gave me a bit of motivation to get my body right, put a bit of size on, mature a little bit um, and then give it another crack. And that whole 12 months gave me a lot of time, I think, mentally just to mature um, and relax about it all. And I, I still didn't really think that it was a possibility to get drafted, but mm-hmm. um, I just had a really relaxed mindset about my football and um, ended up playing the best football that I've ever played and resulted in me getting drafted. So. You're after you had all Australian honours and you were the New South Wales ACT MVP. What was that like coming back from you know a substantial injury that put you out for a period of time? Yeah, it was... Um, great reward for effort it probably wasn't something that I expected to happen but mm-hmm. it did and um, I spoke about how there weren't too many people out of the ACT that had been drafted there also wasn't a whole lot of people out of New South Wales that had been drafted as well and um, I think out of that 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 team that we had um, there was close to like eight or nine players and mm. um, trying to think there was Isaac Heaney, Callum Mills, um, Matt Flynn, Dougal Howard, um, so there's a fair number of players that are still in the system now um, playing in that side. So I was quite lucky to be part of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, it was it was quite, quite quite a special group, I suppose. Obviously, with Lenny Hayes transitioning across to St Kilda this year, what was that like when you originally started out at GWS with Lenny Hayes? Um, yeah, it was great. I, I only ended up having one year with Lenny. He mm-hmm. came in my second year of the Giants. Um but he was great. He 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 wasn't um, our midfield coach. I think he was our defensive coach. But wow. he was my duty of care coach, which yeah. meant I had a lot to do with him. And um, I would catch up with him quite often um, outside of the club just to see how things are going, have a coffee. I remember he had me and my roommate Josh Kelly over for dinner a few times as well because he was just around the corner. And mm-hmm. um, I think his his mum lives in Avoca, so in his spare time he would um, travel up to Avoca, which is about an hour north mm-hmm. of Sydney. And I had family in Terrigal, which was an hour, oh, the same. Yeah. But just the, the next, essentially, sub, yeah, sub, yeah. suburb across. Um, so even when we were up there, we'd sort of bump into each other. And we had a really good, healthy relationship. And I was keeping him in the loop when I was going out of contract and the Saints were sort of coming with a bit of an offer. And I didn't have anyone else to really tell or speak to this about, apart from my manager, my family and, and Lenny. So I, um, yeah, I'd ask him about... You know, what should I do? What do you th- what are, what are your thoughts? And he was quite open with it all, and and really helped me um, with that decision, I suppose. So, yeah, he's he's he was great then, and he's great now. It's good to have him in the club, and um, he's just one of those players that's so heart and soul, and it's probably something we've l- lacked a little bit over. The, I suppose my time at the Saints, he's having those ex players mm-hmm. um, that have been such a 
integral part of the club for so many years, come back and really um, drive the standards and, and uh, the spirit here at the Saints. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I guess at GWS, there wasn't a massive opportunity, was there? There was Adam Trelaw, you mentioned Josh Kelly. There's, there was so many extended superstars of the AFL now who started at GWS. And yep. I guess, when was that a factor in you making a decision to come to St Kilda? That was a, yeah, it was a massive factor. I just wanted to be playing... AFL footy and it was pretty hard to do when you had those players that you named Cal Ward Ryan Griffin um, Jacob Hopper and Matt Kennedy were um, just starting out there as well so there was an array of midfielders that um, were great players but I just found that I couldn't play two or three games in the AFL without playing one bad one getting dropped so it was a, a pretty easy decision for me in the end 2017 coming to the States and I specifically myself remember one game you laid a massive tackle on one of the GWS midfielders and it's like, here we go. I think you might have had 28, 30 touches that game and I'm like, okay, this is this is Jack Steele. sitting there and the crowd just dropped dead silent. It's like this, we've found our next captain. We've found someone. We've actually found, you know, secure have found a good player since Robert Harvey. You know, we've... Yeah. I don't, I don't know if it would have been that obvious at the time. Um I still, I still think it, it took me a little while to find my form and consistency here at the Saints. Um, something that I probably struggled with for a long time in my career. Um, maybe up until a couple of years ago, it was just being consistent and playing consistent. But how'd you try and just crease that out? Um, I think it's uh, as silly as it sounds, just working on my craft and and being diligent with my with my whole prep. Yeah. Um, something that I had to do and knuckle down with for a short period of time. Mm-hmm. Until it became um, a habit, I suppose. Uh, but now, now it's sort of ingrained in my process, and um, I suppose a daily routine for me to to get to work and and do it consistently and hold myself accountable to it. Lenny Hayes Award, the first year. What was that like to be recognised for someone who you'd had a great connection with? Yeah, well, at the time, um, yeah, it was very special to win an award um, in the name of someone like Lenny, um, and. I remember that it was that was my first year. You're right. Um, just thinking about it now, but I remember I was I was still pissed off because I finished eighteenth in the best yeah. and fairest. <laughs> um, so I probably didn't probably didn't soak it in as much as I should have. Um, what were you thinking? Came eighteenth four years. Yeah, I don't know. I just thought I'd do a little bit better than that. Um, considering I played, I think maybe twenty games that year. Did you have a couple of drinks after that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a good night. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like you said, um, I've won a few of those Lenny Hayes trophies now and they're, they're the ones that they probably mean the most. Like, it's, it's nice to win the best and fairest. And, um, Does it you know, mean co- something coaches to your teammates yeah, too? Yeah, it's more of a, the trademark and playing within the values of the team is, is just something that um, should mean something to everyone. But, yeah, it's always an honour to win one of those awards. Playing with someone like Nick Rewalt for a little bit, what was that like to be alongside Rue? Yeah, it's great to, to play with um, arguably one of the greatest players to – have ever played um, for this club and, and the game of footy. Um, yeah, again, probably didn't have a whole lot to do with Rui. I was... I was. Um, we spoke about before the podcast how sort of Nazai was a bit... has been a bit quiet around the club. I mean, he's just getting used to it. Some of the younger guys come in. Um, maybe that's not the case with Matthias Philippou yeah. this season. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but were you... What were you like when you first came to the club? Were you... We interacted with some of the senior leaders. Were, were you more just subtle and taking notes yeah i probably wasn't the, the loudest kid to come across i was um very shy and modest um 
yeah, he couldn't get a whole lot of words out of me. But um, that definitely changed as I, as I, you know, grew friendships and bonds and and I suppose played games with with um, my teammates. I mm-hmm. still I came. I was just talking about it with someone before. Um, I suppose Jack Hayes has just got injured, and I had the exact same injury when I first came across to the the, um, the Saints. So I found it hard when I was in rehab for the first two or three months of my time here, mm-hmm. um, earning a bit of respect and um, building those relationships when you're not out on the track with all of the boys. So it did take me a little while. I probably took the best six months to really feel like the Saints was my home. But yeah. Um, as soon as games rolled around and I was, you know, out there training, it, it really did feel um, like I belonged. So when did the role of being an except, not an exceptional tagger, I guess, but when did that eventuate for you under Alan Richardson? Um, I suppose the first time I ever did it was, I think, against West Coast in that year, talking about 2017. And I think I, I tagged Luke Shuey and kept him to... I don't know how many touches, but he didn't really have an influence on the game. And I kicked a couple of goals, some lucky, <laughs> some, some lucky goals and, and got a bit of the ball myself. But my teammates, I remember, were really great in, in helping me with that role because um, I was so nervous um, before the game. It was a game we needed to win. So they, they were feeding me the ball when they could. And um, yeah, I had a really good day. So I think that was towards the end of the year. We didn't end up making finals, um, but then obviously planted a seed in Richo's head for the following year to, to make me a tiger, which I, you know, would become and um, do a decent job at it. Um, but do you I'll, enjoy tagging more or being an attacking midfielder? Oh, definitely being an attacking midfielder. No one yeah. really enjoys yeah. <laughs> um, tagging. It's sort of, it's definitely a different way to, to, to prep going into a game. I, I struggled um, a lot of the time trying to focus on what the team wanted, mm-hmm. but then knowing that you had to almost forget about that and just go to the opponent's best player and yeah. worry about yourself. I found it sort of hard making that transition a lot of the time, but, um, was it a mentality? It is, it is, it is yeah. a mentality, but, um, a lot of the time being a tagger, if you, if your teammates aren't helping you out, it's pretty relevant. I've been in, I've, I've tagged people that still have a massive day just because, um, your teammates aren't really buying into to your role and I suppose what is the role for the team. So um, sometimes it can be a bit frustrating when you're trying your absolute ass off and, um, you know, no one else is really buying into it. So that's why I probably enjoy being a, an attacking midfielder a little bit more. I can yeah. go out there and, and enjoy my footy and, and um, play on instinct and um, especially with the captaincy, I feel like it is a bit easier on me too. Three coaches within... Your stint at St Kilda, Alan Richardson, Brett Ratton, and now Ross Lyon. Can you talk me through the dynamics of different coaches? Um, yeah, they definitely all go about it in different ways. Um, I don't know if I should go into the complete dynamics of all three of them. <laughs> I, shouldn't be, I shouldn't be comparing coaches. Um, uh, what do you reckon, Claire? Well, from an outsider's <laughs> point of view, it seems as if, you know, Richo is a bit more quieter he was a bit you know more players control similar to fly mccray but you know as in a different way yeah um yeah ratton's bit was a bit hands-on and then ross Lyon comes in and yeah you're probably right um the best thing about ross so far is how much he wants to win like obviously he's had his his moments um both at here at the saints and for Fremantle, where he's been so close to winning the ultimate is that the um, most common connection like most of the boys find with Ross 
What's that? Is that the most common that he wants to win thing in common? Like between the players and Ross, that aspiration of I, being a great club again? Yeah, I think so. Oh, that yeah. Again, it's it's early days, so it's really hard to to, yeah. to nail it. But he, yeah, he he's pretty driven to to win and and to do it quickly, which is great. And for someone like me, who's just turned twenty seven, got mm. a few years left on my contract, time's sort of running out. Like I've been thinking about it. I don't have a whole lot of time left. And the fact that Ross is coming in and he's demanding excellence straight away is is so great. He wants to be playing finals and winning finals. So. Um, I think that's what a lot of the senior players love and uh, it's going to be something that he's going to ingrain in all of us, but it's going to be be great for the young players here too that um, are learning his ways and um, the the way that we want to play. What about the young guys coming in last year? Marcus Winhager, Mitch Owens, Nazai Wang and Miller, they got a fair opportunity. Um, Last year, obviously, Marcus has asserted his dominance and his spot in the side. What do you think about Matthias Philippou and how he'll go this season? Yeah, yeah. Last year's draft crop were unbelievable, and something we probably haven't had in a while. We've mm-hmm. we've gone through the trade period and years gone past, but to get a nice draft like that has been great. And a couple of years to back it up. Yeah, I th- yeah. I think if you can really nail a couple in a row, it can really set you up for for long term success. So, I think uh, Mateus has been great so far. He's obviously a very outspoken kid, but he's he's very driven and wants to be the best. So, I think um, the world's his oyster at the moment. He can really take this year with both hands and have a, a great year for, for us and himself. So it'd be interesting to see how he goes. Not sure where he plays. He can he can play forward, he can play outside, he can play inside. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just going to be where the opportunity is and um, I'm really excited to see how he goes. 2020, negative but positive year in the bubble in Noosa, yep. but made finals. Can you take me through that bubble stage in Noosa and the connections you make? with some of the guys and how that translates onto the field? Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a bloody very fun year. I was having a hit of golf with a few boys the other day and we are talking about how much fun it was. Um, yeah, we, we were just playing footy, winning footy. Um, wish we could have gone another step forward um, and played in the prelim that year. We weren't far off it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just the lifestyle in Queensland at the time was just so much fun. The sun was out. We're playing golf in our spare time, going down the beach. Uh, we're just so so active and always in each other's pockets, but um, it's just seemed to work. Everything seemed to click. So, were there any inside competitions or table tennis or anything like that? There was always there was always someone on the tennis court, which was quite annoying for me and Lukey Dunstan because mm-hmm. our our I suppose villa I don't know what you call it was directly opposite that. So Ooh. you'd be trying to go to, <laughs> you'd be trying to go to bed early because you got a you know early training session the next day. And there's the physios or the doctors are doing a, having a bit of a tournament on the on the tennis court across from our room. <laughs> There'd be all sorts of swearing and racket throws that that would be coming into our room. But um, there was fever tournaments, there was table tennis tournaments. Um, Win any? Uh, yeah, I, pe- I can't remember who I paired up with. I'm no good at FIFA, but I paired up with someone in FIFA and we took it out one night, which was great fun. And a lot of the time, there was always just mm-hmm. small. Jack bets Sinclair's and, not bad. That kind of yeah, thing. yeah, he loves his soccer. A lot of the boys do, but I'm not a massive one on the the APL and and the soccer. But yeah. um, a lot of the time, a lot of the competitions that we had, um, whether it was golf or um, sometimes after training, there'd be goal kicking comps. They'd be for smoothie. There used to be a place down the road. Um, can't remember what the place was called, but they'd have a banana smoothie called the Banana Rama, mm-hmm. and it was one of the best banana <laughs> banana smoothies you could get. So it'd always be for a Banana Rama. Um, 
which made things fun and enjoyable. But yeah, it was a great time. Now came third in the Brownlow that year in 2020. What was it like with no crowds though? Was it did it take less pressure off your shoulders? Um, I wouldn't have, no, I wouldn't have thought so. I, th- I think for the first part of the year there were no crowds, and when we actually got up to Queensland, that's when they started to 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 get a few crowds. And there was ne- there was never anything that that was that big, but it might have been the case that it did make it, things a bit simpler and mm-hmm. made it feel like training in a way. Or there's no real noise or distraction, so. Um, but a lot of the time when you're when you're playing a game of AFL footy, you're you're dialed in regardless of the surroundings. You're mm-hmm. you're in the zone, I suppose. So um, anything on the outside is just just um, irrelevant. But um, that might have been the case. Who knows? But yeah, I think we just had a a really good year, and I had a career best year at the time as well. So um, yeah, I was able to bowl well, which was which was nice. <laughs> what yeah. was that uh, final against the Dogs like to you know close it out in the last minute or so and you know, you get people who can take marks and just hold it up. Josh Battle's done that a number of times over his career. Yeah, um, it was one of the more special feelings that I've had in footy because um, you sort of you sort of stress a little bit. What are the emotions like? Yeah, oh, just just relief when the siren went because we were up by a fair margin going into the last quarter and mm-hmm. um, nearly threw it all away. But I remember I think it might have been Nick Nick Caulfield might have taken an intercept mark when mm-hmm. when the siren was going and. Um, yeah, it's just just relief, a lot of weight off the shoulders um, at the time because you you hear those people that go through their whole career and and don't even play in a final, let alone win one. So just to get the monkey off the shoulder a little bit was was quite special for me. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking up at the the scoreboard when it happened and seeing Paddy Ryder on the on the sideline, sort of um, in tears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he had a, like a towel over his face, and I just wasn't sure. I remember thinking. Is he, know, is he just very excited or is, is he is something else wrong? Did you know how to react to that? No, I, 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 I sort of just, I remember looking at it for a couple of seconds going, what's going, what's going on? He, something's happened or um, eventually got off and had a chat to him and he was devastated because I think that was his first first final um, mm. and he'd played 250 plus games. So um, it's quite bittersweet at the time and I know Longy got rubbed out from that game and mm-hmm. um, Jake Carlo had to go home for the birth of his child. So... That hurt, I suppose, going into the next week. But at the time, uh, we had a lot of players who were playing good footy and a lot of options. So we just took it in our stride and, and, and got on with it. You get named as sole captain for last year and the year prior alongside Jaron Geary. What was that like to you know, sort of take a bit of leadership responsibility on field? I guess you've probably... And how do you transition into that role? Is it a seamless transition or you just don't treat it as... As too much, I guess. Um, well, even even before I sort of, when, when we first um, had the conversation about how we wanted to go about things in um, 2021, I think it was, with the co-captaincy, um, I remember asking Gears like, "How do I how do I prep myself for this?" Because he was he was injured going into the into the season, so I'm pretty much the sole captain on game day for the majority of the year, and. Um, he just said, mate, the best way to deal with it is just to learn on the job and um, get thrown in the deep end with it. So um, I found it pretty tough to start with, but I learnt my way. And um, I think having a good relationship with a lot of my teammates helps that because you can really sort of sit them down and ask them for feedback on, on how I'm going as captain, I suppose. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that I always worry about with delivering a message or saying something in front of the group. Like, 
is it right? Is it wrong? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm, fi- I'm finding it hard to read um, some of the responses that I'm getting. So um, <laughs> to have to have to have like a closer closer group of mates within the team um, makes things easier with just asking them and seeing if I'm doing it the right way or if you know mm-hmm. what the what the vibe is. I suppose so. Um, still definitely working my head around it all. It still doesn't come natural to me, but. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said before, you sort of got to learn on the job and um, work it out as you go. What about conversations with coaches? Has there been times where you've had to have tough conversations regarding maybe team selection or what's going on on field? Yeah, definitely. Um, there's always there's always um, those sorts of things happening, I suppose, and things that I need to deal with. Um, whether it's coming out of my mouth or, or someone else's, I've always got to be aware of it and um, have a conversation with someone about it and reinforce the message, I suppose. Um, there's been times when um, that's been one of my really close mates too, which, which mm-hmm. has made it a lot harder, but yeah, you sort of have to um, do it in a way that is coming from the captain, not, the, not from your mate sort of mm-hmm. thing, which can be hard to do because... We put a lot of time, effort and energy into this job and a lot of the time um, people can take things personally. Um, mm-hmm. But we're here to win games of football and win premierships. So um, it's my job as captain to, to help us do that. How are you feeling heading into this season? All fit, got the locks shaved off? Yeah, I thought, um, thought I might just shave the hair off just to make myself look a little bit lighter and run a bit quicker. So, um, yeah, I'm very excited. With, with how the group's going under Ross and the training that we've done with Nick Walsh and and, and um, missing. So I think, yeah, I think we're as fit as we've just about ever been and um, it's not long now until we start to do that integrated match sim into mm-hmm. intra-club, into practice games and really looking forward to the practice games we're playing out here. Um, can't remember who we're playing. You might know. Do you know who we're playing in the preseason? Not, 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 not on the spot, I no. Think we, we might be playing Essendon. It's great um, to have footy back and around, yeah. though, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's. It, I remember we played here a couple of years ago, right before COVID hit, against, against the Ho- Hawks. Hawks. Yeah, Hawks. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what was what was that like? Oh, that that was that was special. Um, Hills were packed. Yeah, grass was packed. Yeah. Um, I think that, that who was telling me that they ran out of beer by the first quarter or something like that. There was no beer left. Um, so hopefully we can get a Fremantle. Good Fremantle at Moravan. There you year. go, Freo Moravan. One of them's an official game and one of them's not. So yeah. Um, either way, looking forward to... I think it was one end of Feb. That's not the official game. I think it was one mid-March. Probably. Well, we st- well, I think the f- round one's about mid-March, so... Sorry, mid-March. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Start of March, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe early, yeah, right early March would probably be right because we'll have a week off in between. But either way, I'm just looking forward to, to, to having a packed crowd on the hill. And Have um, there been any surprises coming into this season with in terms of blokes coming back a lot fitter? Well, Max King obviously got injured. Um, at the end of last year in an unfortunate incident um, which has opened the, the door of opportunity for a few players um, but Cooper Sharman's been one that's really turned heads I suppose with his fitness and mm-hmm. his running ability um, but it's hard to really say there was, uh, there was north of 20 plus PBs returning from Christmas um, wow. in, the, in a 3k time trial which is Did you un- get a PB? unheard of I'm, I'm one of the ones who didn't oh. <laughs> I had a, I had a, I shouldn't make excuses, but I had a little procedure over the, over that period where I needed to stay off legs for ten days. So yeah. I hit my time that I needed to hit, but I didn't, didn't make a PB. So 
um, I'm getting there, but there's a few others that are really knocking the door down, which is um, which is great. We need that sort of selection pressure on Ross and the coaches. Now, a lot of people want to know last year against Geelong, turning point halfway through the third quarter, <laughs> end up winning by about, I think it was ended up 10 points. I feel like it was 30 because yeah. just the atmosphere at, the, at Marvel Stadium. What was that like for you? Done your AC joint. What are your thoughts at that moment? Um, the moment I did my, did my shoulder? Yeah. I was a bit worried um, at the time just for myself. Um, but at the end of the day, I just wanted to beat Geelong. Geelong is a, a side that have been so good for so long. But I, since I've been in the AFL, I've never won against them. So I was pretty keen to um, get it jabbed up and get it jabbed up and get back out there. And I probably would have been subbed off, but I think Jack Higgins might have had a concussion. Yeah, he did. Yeah, not not long before I got injured, so I knew that was out of the picture. I think it was about five minutes before. Yeah, so I needed to to just soldier on with it, get it jabbed, and captain, get yeah. it strapped up. And and I didn't have a great remainder of the game, but. I just remembered a wave of. I remember the crowd was just so integral in the the change in momentum, um, and I, yeah, it was one of the funnest games I've sort of played against. Even though I was in a bit of pain, um, it, we just seemed to do everything right, and, and things were just going our way. And um, yeah, at the end, we were able to get the chocolates, and we we're all pumped with it. But um, that was their last their last loss, so they must have um, reviewed that game pretty heavily and got on with things as well. Someone like Paddy retires from the club, and he's bring such a sense of culture with him when he came across from Port Adelaide that it feels like he's been at St Kilda for years. What was that like when himself, Dean Kent, Dan Hanabry, yep, they retire and yeah, the yeah, it was um, it was a bit strange really to see even Gears like to lose a player that's been a part of the club for so long, um, and Hannah's who I sit next to in the locker room, mm-hmm. Kega who. I played a lot of golf with, and then Paddy, who I spent a lot of time with, um, you know, out in the middle. So yeah, it's pretty crazy to lose all those senior players, um, but that's just a part of the environment we're in and the system we're in. Um, a few of us were talking the other day when we we're doing some um, low-level stoppage stuff out in the middle about how good Paddy was as a ruckman mm-hmm. to 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 be a midfielder roving to him. Um, we're saying every time he misses with a hit, it always bounces directly Back to, to us yeah. <laughs> that's how that, that's how good yeah. he was <laughs> um so to, to lose someone like him he's it sucks but he's mm-hmm. you know nearly played 300 games of footy played for 18 years um he probably argues that he could have played another year or two but um that's just the, the nature of the game and it just opens the opportunity up for big ron marshall who's been um sacrificing his role for the team for a few years playing forward so looking forward to see what roke into this year for sure Good mates with Ro. Who's the most annoying teammate on the team? Oh, it's a tough one. Well, Jimmy Webster's he's, Jimmy Webster's probably one of the funniest ones, but he's always playing pranks and tricks on people. So um, it's all in good nature, and, and we love Jimmy for it. Um, but yeah, he's probably the one that you got to watch out for. Really? Yeah. Who's Who's got the longest kick? Uh, who do you reckon? Probably would have said Paddy Ryder. Yeah, Pat, left, Paddy did. Paddy, Paddy always had a. Um, we always used to go on about it. At the moment, almost put me money on Big Row or maybe King. Yeah, probably, probably would. Uh, probably. But Cooper, Cooper Sharma looks like he's got a bit of a boot on him. I reckon probably Row. Yeah, at the end of the day, if we had a competition, it'd be Big Row. But 
We had a couple over the years. Shane Savage used to be a big leg. And yeah, he was. Aaron Sipos was before my time, but he's obviously got a, yeah. a very big leg. Um, yeah, but I was saying before, Paddy, Paddy used to have the, the world's longest snap. He used to be able really? to kick snaps. And we saw highlights when he played in my, his milestone games here. I think he played 250 and we watched some of his highlights and he was on the boundary, 45 out, kicking like snaps. <laughs> and I was just sailing through post-height, um, which is quite impressive. Um, but yeah, we don't have any standouts at the moment. Have you got a favourite moment of yours throughout your career? Throughout my career? Per- personal goal or tackle or... Um, I'm not too sure. Probably it'd have to be a tackle. Probably my chase down tackle against Fremantle years ago. Mm-hmm. I think that might have been 2017 as well. Yeah. My, f- my first year at the club. But um, Was there a period of time there where you, had to, where you were trying to establish yourself? Oh, yeah, a couple of years, yeah. I think I still got dropped in my second year at the club. Um, yeah, and then after that, I've sort of made it, made it, made that a bit of a point to to, to never happen again. So, um, I feel like every every player takes their time with establishing themselves in the side. It can be difficult, but some find it hard, some find it, some don't find it hard, some find it natural. Um, but yeah, I suppose that's the nature of the game. What's your best advice to any young kid or? 15, 16 year old who's trying to go through that AFL draft combine, maybe the next gen academies out there and make the leap to the AFL? Um, I'll probably say two points and they probably maybe contradict each other a little bit, but you have to make sure you're, you're enjoying it. There's no mm-hmm. point doing it if you're not um, enjoying your football, but also life outside of football. Mm-hmm. Football can't be everything. Um, and you've got to sort of put a lot of extra time into things and what your mates are doing and um, what everyone else is doing too to, to stand out and um, to be head and shoulders above everyone else I suppose so um, I found that's what always happened to me I was, I, was, I, was, I was always a young kid for my age and I was always a lot smaller than everyone else um, and I wasn't quick at all so I needed to be very clean with my hands so a lot of the time it was just dad kicking me in the footy in the backyard and me just being clean with my hands. Um, and now I've sort of grown up, filled out a bit, mm-hmm. still don't have any pace, but I'm still quick with There's my a hands. Bit of pace there? There's a little bit of pace. I've gotten quicker than what I was, um, <laughs> but I'm, I'm still very clean with my hands, so it's definitely paid dividends. Absolutely. Jack, thanks so much for joining us on the show today. It's been an absolute honour to have you on. Best of luck for this year. Hopefully the Saints can uh, make finals. Thanks, Max. Appreciate it, mate. Thanks, Jack. Stay tuned, everyone, for some more Sporting Max. This is Jack Steele, secure the captain. This is Sporting Max with Max Becker on SEM.